Well, we're in a series called Living a Legacy. I want you to think of that word legacy. You are, are uh, everyone in here in this room is creating some kind of legacy. And uh, I want to encourage you, in fact, uh, a few years ago, up in the mountains of North Carolina, uh, when we were on a staff retreat, just getting away, and usually every August, uh, during the month of August, during the summertime, our staff, we get away, we get away to, to pray and seek God for direction for the coming year, and, uh, and we plan. And I remember it was one of those years, I don't know what, what happened, but it was just really, uh, uh, I hit a, I mean, I just hit a wall, hit a roadblock, and I was just, and ironically, at a staff retreat, I mean, I was just, I came to the point where I was like, and I'm not a quitter. If you, if you know me, I, I am not a quitter. I, I was just ready to go ahead, throw in a towel. Uh, I'm done with the ministry. I'm just going to go ahead, just my family, whatever. I was just like, ugh. And uh, I remember calling my wife up and uh, uh, just sharing with her, you know, my, my life partner, my best friend, what was going on. And she was listening. And she says, hey, uh, she said, hey, husband, you know what to do. You get you, right where you're at. You get with God right now. And you begin to pray and let him speak to your heart. And I remember uh, I, I, I took some extra time. I got by myself. And I'm walking up there in the beautiful mountains of North Carolina. And God just began to speak to me. And, and uh, I just felt his presence. I felt his reassurance. And, uh, and it began to speak to my heart. And, and, and if you walk through the hallway out there, uh, you would notice that we have what, our, what we call our mission statement. And, uh, and it was this. Uh, together extravagantly loving Jesus and together selflessly loving people. And it goes back to the great commandment of, as you saw there on the screen, the greatest commandment is to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is this, is to love yourself. And so I, I just, I came to this point of whether church was going well or whether it was not going well, what really counted really in life is, do I really love God? And do I really love him with my heart, soul, mind, and strength, everything? And, and do I really love people? Do I love my wife? Do I love my kids? Do I love my, my brothers and sisters that I worship with and that I pastor? Do I love the people that are outside of these walls that, are, that don't go to church, that are not followers of Christ? And do I love people? And, 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 and I said, this is what God has put on my heart. And, and I began to think, I said, you know what? I, there's a day coming, uh, my funeral. And, uh, and I'm wondering, what are my kids and what is my wife going to say? What are my family, what are, what are friends going to say? And I, and I hope that they are going to be able to say that my husband and my dad uh, and, and, and my pastor and, and neighbors, whoever, man, he really loved Jesus and I really felt loved by him. And so I want you to think about this legacy because uh, there's going to be words said about you uh, at your funeral. What will they say? I hope that these words will be on their lips, that, that, that this person, he loved God, and, and I really felt loved by him. There was something about him. He wasn't just a funny guy or, or what. No, he was, there was something special about his life. So this, is, this has been the premise that we've been, been working off of, the great commandment, and also the chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter, describes 
what love looks like. Uh, it describes what love does. And uh, so we're there, and we're not going to go through all of 1 Corinthians 13. There, I could spend another four months on that chapter, but we're not going to do that. I just got a couple more weeks that we're going to go ahead and dig into it. But we're going to look at a subject today that I, I think in the 15 years that I've been preaching, I've never preached on this topic. And it says there in your notes, and I hope every single one of you, in fact, uh, uh, take good notes today. You really want to be listening. Uh, uh, don't get distracted. Uh, uh, hang in there. Uh, I, I want you to take good notes here today because this is going to be so practical because this really affects relationships. Uh, it says that uh, love is not easily angered. Interesting. Love is not easily angered. Now, anger, I believe, is probably one of the most misunderstood emotions. Uh, when you think of anger, a lot of times people think, well, anger is just plain wrong. Or if you're a Christian, if you get anger, angry, it's a sin. But I want to say that's not necessarily true. The fact of the matter is that God and Jesus got angry at times, okay? But they didn't sin. Uh, in fact, I, I, I believe that God wants to help us. In fact, I believe sometimes anger is very appropriate. In fact, if you don't ever get angry, it shows that you don't care, basically that you're heartless. Uh, Henry Ward Beecher uh, 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 a, a preacher long gone said these words. He says, a man that does not know how to be angry does not know how to be good. A man that does not know how to be shaken to his heart's core with indignation over evil things is either a fungus or a wicked man. So uh, we're going to talk about, about anger here today. And, and I want to tell you, there's times that anger is very appropriate over injustice, uh, murder of someone that, uh, that was unjustly taken, or apathy. People don't care about something where they should care about something. I want you to catch this statement. Here it is. The problem with anger is not anger. Let me say that again. The problem with anger is not anger, but is anger wrongly expressed. We'll say that again. The problem with anger is not anger. It's anger that is wrongly expressed. Folks, we live in an age of rage where a lot of people are just flat out of control, even some Christians don't want to be, but th sometimes they just fly off the handle. Do you know what the number one city in America that, uh, that has the highest incidence of road rage that leads to accidents? It used to be right here in the city of Florida. It was Miami. I mean, road rage, I mean, good in ag. Now, we're in seventh place here in, in Miami, but the number one city is, no surprise, it's New York City. But has anybody ever experienced road rage before? I mean, I mean, all of a sudden, you're just driving, and, and just something happens, and, 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 and the emotion and the anger just gets going, and, and all of a sudden, you step on the gas. Has anybody done that before? Okay. All right. I, I, I'm glad you, there's some honest people here in this room. Uh, here's what our problem is. Very few of us have learned how to manage our anger, or how to properly express it. 
Basically, there are typically two extremes or responses to when people get angry, okay? Here it is. Number one, people clam up or they blow up. People clam up or they blow up. Some stuff it down on the inside. They get angry or some just absolutely explode their anger. Here in this room, there are probably one of, you may be one of two uh, uh, people that I would describe as the skunks and, and the turtles. The turtles, when they get angry, when they get into conflict, okay, they regress back into their shell, you know, and then they kind of play this attitude, poor me, you know. And then the skunks, these are the ones, they just explode and they get their stink all over everyone. And, and, and so, I don't know, I mean, I've probably been both of those at times in my life. And I was looking, I was doing a little bit of study uh, about some facts about anger. And these are what some of the experts say about anger. These are the, the psychologists and the psychiatrists and therapists. They say letting out anger wrongly only makes matters worse. Second, gender plays a huge role. Males are more likely to express anger impulsively and physically, whereas women... Now, this is just generalities, okay? Women have a harder time expressing uh, anger and because they hold on to it. They are more resentful and angrier longer than men. Third, anger affects your health. Anger is more than just an emotion. It actually has a physical effect on your body. It increases your heart rate, your blood pressure. You can even begin to sweat, also, here's another fact. There are varying degrees of anger. You go from annoyance to rage. And here's the last one. You are more likely to express anger at home than anywhere else. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we basically know who the real people are. I mean, we know who the real people are when we get home. Now, I want to just say something to everyone here. The successful marriages... And the successful families are not the ones that have the absence of anger. Because the fact of the matter is, everyone gets angry. Everyone in this room. It's not the absence of anger. It, it's being able to manage and properly ex, I mean, express anger in a way that builds them rather tears down. So this morning, I want to uh, answer this question. It's there on your, on your outline. How do I tame the temper. And uh, as I was putting it together this week uh, and going through my notes and praying and seeking God, you talk about getting tested. I mean, I really got tested with my, my temper this week. So as I'm going to be preaching to you uh, this morning, I'm preaching to myself. So we're going to be looking at that. And by the way, I want to just, for those who have an issue with their temper, uh, it's caused problems in your life. I want to encourage you to, to, to get a really good book, okay? Um, and I want to encourage you to go to it uh, on a daily basis. It's called The Book of Proverbs. It's there in the Bible, by the way. There's 31 chapters in there. And, uh, there's, and I want to encourage you to read a chapter a day. I read it for seven straight years, a chapter a day, every single uh, every single day, and it was absolutely life-changing for me. So let's look at the six things that helps us to tame the temper. Number one, resolve to manage it. 
What I mean is you quit saying and making excuses that I can't help it, okay? I can't control my temper, okay? That's just an excuse. You're making an excuse. Anger is a choice, and no one is forcing you to be angry. Well, you just make me so angry. No, they don't. You give them permission to make you angry. That's the fact of the matter. In fact, you have more control over anger than you would probably even want to admit. I I would wager this bet. If I had the money and you were a person that, I mean, you were the the skunk, okay? You just kind of like, you just let it out, okay? I, I said, listen, if you are over this next year, I will give you a million bucks, okay? If you don't yell and scream and go all over the place, okay? I bet you that, that there would be a big change in your life because I've seen it happen. People yelling and, and screaming, and all of a sudden the phone rings. I mean, they're yelling, hello, and, uh, <laughs> and turn right there on a dime. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 11, it says, a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man holds it in check. So when I choose uh, uh, to manage my anger, here's what I'm saying. I'm not going to make any more excuses for why I fly off the handle. Basically, what what you're saying is that starting today, if this is you, I'm going to be proactive when it comes to handling my anger. That means I'm going to make a choice ahead of time that when all of a sudden the emotions and everything is just flaring up inside of me, I'm going to handle anger rightly, okay, in a way that's just, in a way that's peaceful rather than a way that just explodes the situation. If you don't make a decision ahead of time, and you, you're all of a sudden, you're going to blow it. You're going to mess up. And you're going to play the, rule, the role of a fool. Number two. So here it is. I, I, number one, I resolve to manage it. Number two, I'm going to remember the cost. A big price tag. There's a big price tag to unmanaged anger. It says here in Proverbs 29, 22, a hot-tempered man starts fights and gets into all kinds of trouble. I know there's people in here that, that uh, I'm speaking. To, that you say, yeah, that was me. Let me read to you uh, three more scriptures. Proverbs 14, 17 says, people with a hot temper do foolish things. Wiser people remain calm. Proverbs 14, 29, a wise man controls his temper. Proverbs eleven twenty nine. the fool who provokes his family to anger and resentment will finally have nothing worthwhile left. Oh, have I seen this happen numerous times as a pastor through the years, trying to help families uh, where, where it could be a son or a daughter or it could be a mom or, or a dad or a husband or a wife just did not know how to manage their anger. It was something that was a stronghold. It was a pattern in their life, and it just began to just bring nothing but resentment. Here's what happens. When you have this, you lose respect, you lose honor, you can lose your reputation. In fact, I know there's probably people in here, you've lost a sale. Maybe you've even lost a job. Some people have even lost their health. When I explode in anger, 
When you explode in anger, you are punishing your body. I don't care if you are gluten-free, sugar-free, you're organic, okay, you're eating healthy or whatever, you run, you exercise, but you feed on a diet of resentment, okay, and, and, and rage and anger, you are punishing your body. It costs to go ahead, and uh, there is a big price tag, Four price tags for anger. Write these words down. Anger, it produces more anger in your life. And more people that will be anger, angry with you if you haven't done it right. It will produce anger, apathy. You're expressing anger at people all the time. All of a sudden, people just kind of go like, I can't ever do anything to please them. I can't ever, I, you know. And then it comes to the next point. It goes from, from apathy then to alienation. They just say, stay away from me. I don't want to be with you any longer. And the last one is physical health reasons. I remember uh, uh, it, it takes a toll on the body. I remember my dad coming home. I think I was about sixth or seventh grade. And, uh, and he told I me, mean, I saw his arms full down, and he said, Grandpa uh, died today. And uh, I loved my grandpa. He was the original Detroit Lion lover. And uh, me and him had many of arguments. And and he used to tease me about it. But uh, anyways, uh, my grandpa, Rarick, uh, hard worker, just old school guy, and had become very successful and uh, had a business. I uh, was running a meat business, and, and, uh, and he was also renting a building. He was there in Detroit, Michigan. He was renting out a building to another person. And, uh, and there, was, uh, there, was, there was a problem paying the rent, and the guy wouldn't pay the, the, the rent because something was wrong with the building. And my, my dad was there uh, in the building next door, and he could hear my grandpa yelling. I mean, it was loud. It was explosive. And, uh, and uh, my dad went to go over there, and my, my grandpa comes out, and he falls right there on the sidewalk. Had a massive heart attack right there. It costs, folks. When you go into rage, when you go into anger, it punishes the body and so many other things. So remember, there, there, there's a big price tag. How do you tame the temper? You resolve, not, resolve to manage it. Remember, there's always a cost to your unfiltered anger. And number three, reflect before reacting. Reflect before reacting. That means I think before I speak. That means you put your mind in gear before you put your mouth in gear, okay? Uh, anger, a I, I person said this, anger is a condition in which the tongue, tongue works faster than the mind. But if you can watch your words, you can watch your anger, I want you to see the original chill verse uh, of the Bible. You, know, you ever heard that phrase, chill out? Check this one out. Proverbs 29, 11 says this. A stupid man gives free reign to his anger, but a wise man waits and lets it grow cool. Chill out, the Bible says. Okay? A wise man or a stupid man gives free reign to his anger. Just, just lets it out. But a wise man waits till he lets it grow. One of the greatest ways to handle your anger, write this down, is through waiting. Just wait for a little bit. Our third president, 
Thomas Jefferson came up with this. Okay, he said, if you're angry, count to 10. And, and he says, if you're really angry, count to 100. Now, I want to tell you something. He's just, he's just repeating what Proverbs says. I mean, there's tremendous wisdom in that because what's going on is adrenaline is all of a sudden flowing. I mean, and it doesn't take long for the adrenaline. I mean, it can, for, for some people, it's a matter of seconds before you're ready to just go. But the Bible says, chill out, wait for just a little bit, okay, and handle your anger. So one of the greatest ways to handle anger is to slow down. Great wisdom. Have you ever noticed that you can't put your foot in your mouth when it's closed? Now I'm talking about, now, now when it, I, I'm not talking about long delays, but delay. Just chill out, breathe. I mean, there's been many a moments through the years uh, where I've had to tell my wife, I am, I, give, I have to walk away. I mean, I think we all understand it. Just, just give me a few moments. I got to walk. I got to get out of the room because I know I am so mad right now. I'm going to probably say something that I'm going to regret. So just let me go ahead. Let me just walk. Let the adrenaline settle down. Let me pray a little bit. And, and, and that has helped. Enorm- now, I'm going to tell you, I have failed many a times in this area of properly expressing anger. But uh, don't have long delays. In fact, if you, uh, in fact, the Bible says don't go to bed angry. Let me read to you from Ephesians 4.26. These are for the turtles in here. The, remember the, the skunks and the turtles? You regress. Here, here's, the, here's, the, here's the verse for the turtles. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. So I mean, so somewhere uh, before you go to bed, uh, you make sure you have that conversation after you have calmed down to say, hey, uh, let's get some things worked out. So here's something uh, that I want you to do here tonight. There's three questions that I want you to ask, okay, when you're angry. This is, a gr- this is practical. Number one, ask this question, why am I angry? It's a real simple question, why am I angry? The problem, or the problem is not the problem. The problem is the cause of the problem. Anger is a symptom. It is a warning light that something is wrong. So ask that question. Number two, what do I want? Something's happening. There's something that, there's a need that's not being met. What, ask the question, what's being unfulfilled in my life right now? And then the third question is, well, how can I get it? Now, this is not selfish. I'm talking about how can I get this need met? Uh, do I go ahead and get this need met by more anger? Or do I express my anger in a way that's done properly? Three root causes. There, write these down here in your note. These are the three root causes of anger. Number one is hurt. Physical or emotional hurt. Uh, that, it, and by the way, uh, and I want to just say to anyone that's here in this room, if you're, in, if you're a lady and you are living with someone that is uh, uh, physically hurting you, uh, if you're living with someone uh, that is 
uh, emotionally, I mean, just goes after you. You got kids. I, this is my counsel as a pastor to ladies. Uh, you got the full backing of the scriptures. The Bible says the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. I say get out of that relationship. Get to a place of safety for yourself as well as for your kids. But here's what happens. Okay, anger comes when when people get hurt uh, physically uh, and emotionally. Uh, the next one is frustration. Uh, frustration is when you get irritated when your goal, when your goals are thwarted. Okay. Uh, I think we can all relate to this one. Traffic. You're stuck at a light. You're stuck in traffic. You need to be somewhere. And, and it's not moving. We've all been at that place. And anger begins to just flare up. Or, or all of a sudden, we, here's a new baby that comes. And we've been wanting a baby. And God brings this wonderful bundle of joy. But it's nighttime. And they don't like to sleep at nighttime. And we do. And that's all they do is cry. <laughs> and we just want sleep. You talk about anger at times. And then fear is the other one. Fear is when you feel threatened or trapped or attacked. People just coming at you. I mean, you're, I mean they're, just, they're attacking you or you feel threatened. You, you, no, you're not getting paid for that. I mean, there was an agreement on getting paid for a certain job and, and the person says, no, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not paying you. you know, all of a sudden, I mean, anger comes and a lot of times it, it's, it's rooted in fear. So here's what I want you to do here this morning. I want you to think about this. If someone is angry at you, ask these questions. Well, why are they angry with me? Is it because of a fear? Is it because they're frustrated? My wife was so, we, had, we were just getting, we were working on our house and, and doing some things around the house and uh, I wanted to get the painting done. She wanted me to do something else. I, no, I'm paint. I mean, you talk, she was so frustrated with me, but I just kept on going. I'm getting this done. I mean, I was, I was like a laser on this one. Okay, so I, yeah, she was frustrated, but I was, it, or, or is it hurt? So ask those questions. What, what's going on? Now, number four, let's get down to the practical ones. How do we deal with anger? Here it is. Release my anger appropriately. There is a right way to express anger, and there is a wrong way to express anger. There is a righteous way to express anger, and there is a sinful way to express anger. Here it is. Let me, let me take you to a great verse. Ephesians 4.26. If you become angry, in which you will, do not let your anger lead you into sin. So it's suggesting right there that when you get angry, you can have a righteous anger. In fact, you can handle your anger in, in a way that can be productive. But a lot of times our anger, we have a goal. We don't really want to blow things up, but, but we do. I mean, we, we're like the skunk or whatever, and we make matters worse, and we drive that person farther away from us. Study after study shows that anger and aggression only produces more anger and aggression from other people as well as inside of ourselves. When you fly off the handle, when you, you're, 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 the, you're the skunk and you fly off the handle, I want to tell you something, it's easier the second time. And then it becomes easier the third time until it becomes a pattern in your life or what I call a stronghold. So you're not less likely, but you're more likely to be in the habit of, of losing your anger in a way that just blows things up. 
So it doesn't, it doesn't reduce anger, it creates more anger. Proverbs 15.1, here it is. Phenomenal verse. Notice how much we're in Proverbs here today? Great book. It says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A gentle word, okay, a gentle answer turns away wrath, okay? But a harsh word stirs up anger. All right, how does that work? I want you to write this phrase down. It's called mere language, mere language. When, when, you, when you lose it, when I lose it, a lot of times this is what happens to me. All of a sudden, the decibel level of my voice begins to rise, okay? It goes from talking to beginning to yell. Does anybody know what I'm talking about, okay? So uh, not only do I begin to talk louder, but I begin to talk faster, okay? So if you're angry with someone, here's what we, we, we generally, we attack, we, we go faster and we go louder. And their response back to us is the same. They talk louder and they talk faster as well. And the, the way that you handle this is not talking louder and faster, okay? Write this down, it's talking slower and quieter, because here's what happens, okay? And we're going to talk about how to, how to express your anger. But you slow down, and you bring the decibel level even quieter than you normal talk. And watch what happens. It says, a gentle answer. Because when you do that, instead of them coming back, ah, retaliating, no, all of a sudden, they begin to, their voice begins to lower. I've, I've seen, in fact, I've done it a number of times. And the number of times I've blown it, I talk loud and fast and scream, okay? Now, it doesn't work that way. Now, it says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, turns away anger. Now, whose anger does it quiet? You're going to be surprised. First of all, it quiets your anger. When you make that, when you decide, you know what, I'm going to slow down, I'm going to, I'm going to breathe, I'm, I'm going to count to 10, I'm going to count to 100, I'm going to pray here for just a little bit. All of a sudden, when you just say, I'm going to talk quietly, I'm going to talk uh, slowly, all of a sudden, you begin to settle down. And when you settle down, they can settle down as well. But if you talk and yell, you're adding gas to the fire. Three ways that don't work. I want you to write these words down. Number one, suppress. This is where we're talking about kind of like the turtle. This is where the, the, the turtle, they just stuff things. They, they just push it down, okay, and, and, and it just kind of gets stirred up on the inside. Uh, and here's, here's what it's like. Some of you have been wondering, what's this about? Okay. How many know in about, in about five, ten minutes, if I open that up pretty fast, what's going to happen? It's going to explode, okay, right? So we, we have that, and there are people in here, I mean, you, you, you take it, I mean, you just, you kind of stuff it, you keep on stuffing it, and, and finally, all of a sudden, you've had it up to here, and you just explode, okay? And it doesn't work, okay? And you just made a big mess. So, so suppression, okay? You suppress it, and you swallow it, but I want to tell you something, when you suppress it, your body keeps score. And then the next word is repress, 
Okay, now these two are very closely related. Repression means basically you're in denial. Okay, and someone said, well, are you mad? No, I'm not mad. And we're, in reality, you really are mad. And, and you're really bummed out about it. And, uh, and, and you're, just, you're just trying to deny what's really going on on the inside. You're pretending it didn't happen. Now, there's a word for this, okay? When you suppress... When you suppress and when you repress those two things, here's what happens. It's called depression. I mean, you've heard about depression. People in here in this room understand there's probably been some where depression, it's not just feeling sad and melancholy, where you can't even, you don't even have the motivation to do life to even get out of bed. And I remember doing it when I was going through a counseling class in college and I was reading a book and I was writing a paper on depression and the book I was reading was called Happiness is a Choice. It was written by two uh, uh, psychologists, Minrith and Meyer. These were Christian guys and I always thought, you know, people that were in depression, it was this sometimes this chemical imbalance. Folks, that 80% of the reason why people are in depression is because they have anger on the inside that's been suppressed and pushed down and they haven't dealt with it. And it affects their, their body, their emotions in a major way. In fact, I was hearing a pastor talk about when he said, he said, I ended up, he says, uh, he said, I had colitis. I ended up in, in a hospital. He says, I was having a breakdown. I was, I was so depressed. And, uh, and, and the doctor walked into the room and, and he said, what are you angry about? He says, I'm not angry. He says, I'm, I'm depressed. He says, no. He says, what are you angry about? He says, no, I'm depressed. He says, no, what are you angry about? And he says, I'm angry. He had, here it is. It had been his, his, I think, his second year of marriage. He, he got mar- married to his, he didn't know his wife. He thought he knew, they were in love. I mean, they were fighting like cats and dogs on their honeymoon. This is a pastor. He says, it was just, it went from bad to worse. And he says, man, I, I don't understand. He says, I felt like I was cheated. I, this was not the, why I was signing up for. And he says, I just kept on stuffing it down. And then the, the other one is express. Another one, we express it. How do we express it? Through a number of different ways. We express it through sarcasm. Uh, some of you are really, I mean, you can cut people down to size with your words. You're so witty. I mean, you got an eighth-degree black belt with your, with your tongue, okay, and, uh, through sarcasm or manipulation or, or getting even. And then, as I was telling you, some of you just explode like a volcano. I mean, it just spews over everything. Here's another one, anger. Some of you say, well, I'm not that. You pout. You just make, you know, and it's just basically, poor me, poor me. And, and here's the one that, that my wife and I, for the, for the first year when we were married, uh, how we handled our anger. Uh, when she was mad at me and I was mad at her, and I was better at this than her were, I just wouldn't talk to her. I'd just give her the silent treatment. Let me know that. I, mean, I hated to say when she did that to me, but I did it back to her. So, you know, I mean, but we were immature and uh, we needed to grow and we, we made a commitment to say, no matter what, we're going to talk things out and, and get things ironed out. But how do you really deal with it? Here it is. Write this word down. Confess. Here's, this is the, you, you, this is where our relationship with God, God, 
we, we take a moment, especially when the, when the stakes are high. God, I am so mad. God, I am so hurt. I can't believe, Lord, that they did this to me. Lord, I feel betrayed. God, I, I, Lord, I need you now in this moment. I'm frustrated. So you can, first of all, confess to God. And we're going to talk to you why we do that. And then second of all, you make a confession to the perpetrator, to the one that helped fuel the fire, that caused the anger. Here it is. Write this phrase down. I learned this from my wife. This was great wisdom. And, and she has shared this with me through the years, and I've shared this with her through the years. When we get in a fight, when I've been hurt, Mike when, you, Mike, when you did this, it made me feel. Fill the blanket. Husband, when you do this, it makes me feel. Wife, when you do this, when you, when, when you disrespect me like this, I feel... Uh, I want to tell you something. Here's what you can, your spouse or whoever it is, they can't argue with what you're feeling. It's true, what you're feeling. And what do they have to deal? They have to deal with what you're feeling with. It's been one of the biggest helps to our marriage and to help us to resolve conflict in our marriage, okay? So when you do it, here it is. Here's the key. When you share this, when you do this, I feel like you say it slowly, and you say it gently, you say it quietly with a decibel level, and watch healing come to the relationship. All right, we're talking about how to tame our tempers. Two more areas real quickly. All right, there's a way to do it. We can do it with wisdom, but some of us here in this room really have a problem with anger, really have a problem with a temper, and uh, these next two areas, these are, in fact, all of us can probably do better in this area. So here it is. Uh, number five, repattern your mind. Basically, what I'm saying, change the way that you think, okay? Change the way that you think. You learned uh, how to express anger in a wrong way, okay? And what you learned can be also unlearned. There was a guy that was going to be doing an article on the Amish people for uh, Reader's Digest, and he went to a school, and he was observing the kids, the Amish kids uh, in a school, and he noticed something. He was absolutely amazed. He says, none of these kids, they don't yell and scream and yell at each other. And he, he went to go ahead, and he's talking to the schoolmaster. He says, I'm absolutely blown away. He says, I can't believe it. These kids, they don't yell at each other. They don't scream at each other. And he says, well, that doesn't surprise me. And the guy says, why doesn't it surprise, surprise me? And he says, the reason why, he says, have you ever seen one of their parents yell and scream? They don't do that. So we, we've all come from backgrounds. We've seen some type of pattern where we yell and scream. But here's what Romans chapter 12, verse 2, when it talks about repattering your mind when it comes to anger. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Here's what the world says. The world's way. It says, if you get angry, you get mad, just go ahead and punch a pillow, okay? Just go ahead and tell people, you know, what's going on in your life. Just express it. I mean, if that means profanity, if that means cussing, if that means raising your voice, go ahead, curse, punch, get even, just get it out of you. And that doesn't work. 
It makes matter worse. The key to handling anger is changing the way that you think. I want you to see this phrase. On, I want you to write this down. The way that I think affects the way that I feel. The way that I think affects the way that I feel. And the way that I feel affects the way that I act. That is so absolutely true. So if that is true, then how can I act in a proper way? Every emotion has a thought behind it. This is my go-to verse in life when it comes to having not only God change me, but to growing in, in, in relationships. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, he's writing to Christians. These are followers of Christ. He says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And when you do that, it says the God of peace will be with you. When we get angry with people, here's what we tend to do. We think the worst of them. We think of nothing but the worst. We don't think about any of the good things that they do. We, we highlight, okay, the bad things that they're doing. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't deal with what's going on. But if we really want to change, this has been probably the biggest thing to help me. This is spiritual warfare. I'm making a choice. I am not, because the enemy of your soul would have you to be dwelling on the negative things about their life. Don't do that. Think about what is true, okay? And, and, and go to something else, okay? If that's all you can think about that person, don't think about them. Think about something else. You can do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. So number one, repattern your mind. Number two, here it is, Proverbs 22, 24, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered. Anger is contagious. Absolutely is. By the way, if you are dating someone or you know someone that is dating and is thinking of getting married and that person is a controlling person, is an angry person, my advice to you as a pastor and as a friend, drop that person like a bad habit because it will go from bad to worse. I've seen it happen so many times. So here it is. You begin to repattern your thinking. Uh, God, begin to help me to think, Lord, uh, the right way. And and Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 is the go-to verse. And number 6, here it is, rely on God's help. Romans 15, 5 says this, May the patience and encouragement that come from God allow you to live in harmony with each other the way Christ Jesus wants. So what it is saying right here, it's that, that, that patience and love is not found in a pill. It's not found in a self-help book. It's not found in a seminar. Now, those things can be helpful. Those things can help us uh, in ways. And, but, I want to say, but our reliance are not in those things. Our reliance is in God's strength and in God's power to help change us. Okay? This is where... Your relationship with God is the difference maker. If you're close to God, you're not what I call just the Sunday Christian, but you say, you know, I'm, I'm taking my Christianity and my relationship with God from Sunday morning 
And that's going to be the rest of the day Sunday, and it's going to go into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and throughout the rest of the week. I'm going to actually have a relationship with God. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to thank him. I'm going to, I'm going to share with him the struggles of my life. I'm going to pray to him. And I'm not going to only talk to him when I'm in trouble and, and I need help. He's not going to be just the God of an emergency. No, I want to have a, I want to have a heavenly relationship. He's going to be my dad. I'm going to be his son and daughter. And it's out of that relationship, spending time with your, the great commandment, loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And when you hang out with God, you become like him because the Bible says God is love but if you're the person that just maybe hangs out with God every once in a while I want to tell you something you're signing up for frustration you're signing up for an unfulfilled life you're signing up to stay the same way God changes us we become with become like the people that we keep company with and so here's what happens. What's inside of you, when you have God inside of you, it will get squeezed out in pressure situations. But if you're full of yourself and, and not God, okay, here's what comes out, anger and frustration. So close to Jesus means a lot more patience. Now, two more verses, Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and patience. When God's Spirit is in me, I get those. When I hang out with God, and when God's Spirit is in me, God's Spirit produces, I don't produce it, He produces it. The fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of Mike Rarick, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, and patience. It only happens as we go to him and we spend time to him. God, would you just fill me, Lord, today again with your Holy Spirit? And he says, oh, absolutely, yes. I'll give this to you. We have not if we ask not. So how does God help me with my anger? Here it is, one more issue. He goes straight to the heart of your problem. And the heart of your problem for some of you here is it's your heart. It's your heart. It's what's inside of it. And God wants to deal with that. God wants to, to get to the very source of what's going on inside of you. And it's your heart. And David recognized it when he said this in Psalm chapter 51, verse 10. And he said this, God created me a clean heart. Not an angry heart. Some of us are here living with a frustrated heart, a sinful heart, a dirty heart a lustful heart, a covetous heart, an angry heart. But he said, God, I can't do this. God, I'm dependent upon you, Lord. You're going to have to be the one, Lord. So God wants to, I believe that God wants to do some heart transplants in here today. He wants to take out the heart that's inside of you, that's sinful, that's full of hurt, full of pain, full of anger, full of lust, full of whatever. And he wants to give you a heart that's soft, it's tender, a heart that follows after him, that loves him, and a heart that will love people. Would you close your eyes with me and let's pray. Thank you, Lord.